The contents of the lab report are meant for educational purposes only. They're not meant to be misconstrued as medical diagnosis or treatment advice. Today on the lab report, Robbie Bent. Breathwork expert and all around cool guy. Yeah, he has this cool company called Other Shit. Is that what you take to the metaverse? <laughs> yep. You take the other shit. <laughs> the world of medicine can be challenging. Clinicians and patients are always looking for more options, more effective treatments, and in the end, more answers. Functional and integrative medicine focuses on addressing root causes of disease. Here at Genova Diagnostics, we've watched this field evolve and grow for over 35 years. We've not only adapted, we've led. Join us as we talk about functional medicine, laboratory testing, and optimizing health. Welcome to the Lab Report. So Julie, the cat, mm-hmm. not aware that Sunday was daylight savings. Nor nor was Patty, the human. Oh, caught you by surprise? A little bit. Hello. Hey, Michael Chapman. Patty Devers, how goes it? I'm doing great. How about you? I'm doing great. So, I enjoyed that extra hour, I was actually. just going to say, you're unaffected by this. No. I, I mean, I get enough sleep. Good. Just another thing that passed in the night. <laughs> Good. I don't know. Ask me tonight. And I, your stove is going to be blinking the wrong time for the next week or two. Nope. Fixed it. Good for you. So yeah, proud of you. Fixed it. Nice. But, uh, actually, we don't have the stuff on the stove, the microwave. We just no. keep that stuff off. I don't, oh, I don't need to see what time it is everywhere I walk in the house. It saves you that two times per year where you actually have to pay attention to it. So good on you. I'm all about efficiency. I love it. No, really, my problem with this specific time of year is that I, at baseline, wake up so early in the morning yeah. that now you're putting me back an hour. And so right. now when I wake up, it's like so confused. I just get confused. Because you wake up at four and now yeah. you're waking up at three because you, your body thinks it's right. four. Just That's like right. when Julie is yelling at me at seven when really her dinner time's at eight <laughs> and right. she thinks it's... It's That's eight, exactly but it's it. not. It's seven because, sorry, Julie, we have power over time, and mm-hmm. we just decided that it's no longer eight anymore. It's Blammo. seven. That's right. So you're just going to have to Bada fix boom. it, even though you're more attuned with, with nat- nature, I guess. Anyway, uh, this is a podcast. It's mm-hmm. called The Lab Report. It's brought to you by Genova Diagnostics, and it's where we talk about, you know, different things. Like, like uh Specialty lab testing, integrative oh, yeah. therapeutics, and precision health. Right. And uh, thanks for joining us. Yeah, and if you're new to the show, we're so glad to have you. And thank you to all of our supporters who come back every week after week. And you guys are troopers. I know, right? You're really so hanging much. in there. We love you. And hopefully, you go to iTunes or Spotify and perhaps subscribe to this show. Maybe rate, review, download, review. share with your friends. If you have feedback and you want to, you know, communicate it mm-hmm. rather than just sit. Repressed feelings are not <laughs> good for your health. We uh-huh. all know this. So. Feel free to uh, unleash, unload some of your feedback, feelings to podcast at gdx.net. Please be kind, though. I mean, mm. I, well, look, just be honest. I just guess. be. It, we, we're here for you. We want you to feel better. If you have to vent, go for it. Uh, we'll just have someone filter that. <laughs> but speaking of feedback, today we're talking about a different kind of feedback as it relates to mindfulness and meditation and breathing. We have the amazing Robbie Bent on the show. Yeah, and without further ado, we've already talked about our feelings on various things that are not important. So let's get to stuff that is important, which is Robbie Bent. And without further ado, let's bring him on. So today we have Robbie Bent. Uh, Super excited about this. Let me tell you a little bit about Robbie Bent. Robbie is building a global community to improve mental health in an accessible way. He is currently CEO and co-founder of Othership, a physical and digital wellness company creating peak experiences that inspire awe and belonging through in-person sauna and ice bath classes and a world-class breath work app. 
Other ship features structured programs to reduce stress, improve sleep, boost energy, and improve mood. All those things sound delightful. Mm-hmm. Other ship <laughs> has been profiled in the media by many leading wellness outlets. Robbie's also a partner at Vine Ventures, a psychedelic medicine venture fund known for donating 50% of its profits to research, which is also mm, awesome. Yeah. And with that, thank you so much, Robbie, Welcome. for coming. Absolutely. Super happy to be here. Uh, always love connecting on our vision and, and our why. So uh, really grateful that you're giving us the platform to chat. For sure. For awesome. sure. Well, we happen to know that you started out in the tech industry. So can you talk to us about your journey from tech startup executive in corporate America to now being a breathwork expert? Yeah, absolutely. I, I don't know if it was necessarily corporate America, but uh, I had my my first startup when I was 25. We had raised uh, venture funding and we built a global telecom platform. Mm-hmm. And at that point, I was really obsessed with building something successful, something big, feeling like really good about myself, mm-hmm. um, kind of making my parents proud of me, this this desire to you know be somebody who was successful. And mm-hmm. so Spent a lot of time working 14-hour days, you know, all fully focused on work. And we built that company to about 100 people, had raised $25 million. And the product itself was a roaming solution. As roaming prices declined, mm. our product just became mm-hmm. less and less valuable. Mm-hmm. And so after four years, we spent all this money building this super complex system. And the business ended up failing. And it was really hard for me, uh, because, you know, the only reason I was really doing that was to be successful. And that's why I went into startups because I thought it was a shortcut to making money and and building something. And, uh, having that fail was really, really hard. So I, you know, I had to fire people week in, week out. (sighs) I had to take equipment from a data center put it in another data center. I had uh, like litigious investors. I got personally sued. Uh, and I was pretty young to to deal with that. So at, at 28, uh, that business failed and uh, I was back sort of in my parents basement. And because success was so important to me, that's how I measured my identity. Uh, I felt, you know, really rock bottom, kind of, kind of like a failure. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, this is sort of where I get into, you know, not breath work yet, but let's say mindfulness in general. Um, I really wanted to change my, my life at that point. It wasn't going well. I was struggling with substance abuse. And so I really wanted to change my life. And so I got into, uh, meditation, and also through meditation, psychedelic medicines. Mm-hmm. Uh, I learned about psychedelic medicines on a Vipassana 10-day retreat. Mm-hmm. And those two things changed my life uh, completely. Uh, after using psychedelic medicines, one of the first times in the jungle in Peru, I uh, no longer struggled with addiction. It was something I've now been, been sober for six years that I'm very proud of. And mm-hmm. after that, I learned about the Ethereum ecosystem and joined. And so for, for those who don't know, Ethereum is the second largest cryptocurrency, the largest smart contract platform. I think it's worth about $500 billion today. Uh, I joined really early on and got involved in the crypto ecosystem. And all of a sudden my my life completely changed. It went yeah. from you know feeling like a complete failure, living in my parents' basement to living in San Francisco and Berlin and being around all these people that I held in really high regard and, and mm-hmm. feeling successful. Mm-hmm. And so on that journey, I attributed a lot of that success to um, following my passion, which came from you know meditation, psychedelic medicines, really figuring out who I was, and that was something I wanted to teach people. And so, you know, while I was at Ethereum, I was trying to have these mandatory meditation sessions. My I would take our team out to the bathhouse to get in a cold bath, mm-hmm. and would be teaching them breath work and be recommending psychedelic medicines. And I just saw between um, the stigma around psychedelics it was quite difficult so you know one they're illegal two 
accessibility requires generally going on retreat? Is it safe? And then three, even if you use the psychedelic medicines, how do you make real behavioral change in your life? And then for meditation, I found for most of my friends, the just feedback cycle was quite long and it's very similar to learning an instrument. So, you know, you pick up a guitar and start to play, you're not going to play a song. And so most people would try meditation, do it for a month. If, if they were lucky, you know, if they're disciplined and still be like, oh, I'm not really sure if something's happening and then kind of fall off the habit. So I saw these two things that worked for me, not working for others and started thinking more about what are ways uh, to make these practices more fun, more accessible. And that's where uh, breathwork came in. Interesting. Interesting. And it's such a, such a poignant lesson, I think, especially for today's society, because I mean, if reading from your story, it was the act of having that business not succeed, which actually put you on the path to, you know, your own kind of personal freedom and the ability to, to follow what you wanted to do. And that's so, I just, that's such a hard lesson for people to learn these days where the success mantra is kind of just pre-programmed in. And so what you're doing, I think is so important in that terrain. And, you know, I guess, do you feel like the psychedelics help to provide a little bit of a quick access to like, here's why things might be different and why they could be important to be different? I think they definitely, from from my perspective and how they work for me and for everybody, it's, it's slightly different, but they just bring immediate awareness and give you, you know, what I, what I really find value is in creating the platform to make behavioral change. I don't think they make the change. Yeah. I think they give you a little bit of additional willpower to want to make change. And so if you were to combine them with therapy, uh, you know, hot and cold breath work, different coaching, I feel the coaching, the therapy will be significantly more impactful in terms of making behavioral change. So, you know, I always say like doing something like a psychedelic session and then a, a Tony Robbins, you know, super, super powerful. So I think they just give you that extra boost in ability to make real behavioral change. Yeah. And so that's, that's not what, what people are really using them for now though. And so it's kind of, how do you, how do you bake that in and make right. that available to people? Right. Makes sense. Well, I want to ask you this question too, because we talk a lot about sympathetic parasympathetic balance on the show. We even do testing for like the HPA axis and things of that nature. We look at heart rate variability. So how do you fit in breath work? Is that different from meditation as it relates to sympathetic and parasympathetic balance and, and what makes it so beneficial? So it depends. There, there's a number of different breathwork styles. Uh, you know, coherent breathing, for example, is breathing um, at your natural heart rate to then increase. So it's, it's the breath pace you use that syncs with your heart rate mm -hmm. that then increases your heart rate variability, which improves uh, the barrel reflex, your ability to pull your heart rate down uh, when you're in a stress situation, actually increasing uh, your HRV, which you know, as you guys know, increases gratitude, feelings of well-being, your ability to respond to stress. So there's a number of different styles of breath. And, and what you can think, how you can think about breath work is the ability to regulate your nervous system. And so all the styles sort of break down into two modes. One is pushing the gas pedal on the nervous system, increasing focus, increasing energy. You're, you're triggering the fight or flight, right? And so you might want to do that as you mentioned to me, your morning routine, you're coming to work. Hey, I want a boost of extra energy. You might want to do it in the afternoon as an afternoon coffee replacement. The other way is that, hey, I want to push the brake. I want to increase my HRV. I want to pull down my heart rate. And so coherent breathing, 
box breathing, breath retentions, long, slow exhales, breathing deep into the bottom of the lungs where the parasympathetic nerves are. So what is that good for? You know, I'm unwinding from work. I'm feeling extreme panic. I want to quiet my mind before going to sleep. And the interesting thing is we are now in almost a crisis of, of overactive fight or flight nervous system. And, and, you know, think of your average day, get up, boom, coffee. I'm into my computer. I'm checking my phone, Slack notifications, Twitter notifications, Instagram, like all day long, we're triggered and our fight or flight can be triggered in, in like one second and it can take hours uh, to shut it off and like switch nervous system states. And, and most people don't know this, you know, human beings 20 years ago didn't have the same issues. We're just stimulated all the time. And the more we're in the fight or flight, it's great for some things, but our body doesn't know real stress versus perceived stress. And so when you see that message, Hey, I'm three minutes late for a meeting and your fight or flight nervous system spikes, what do you do? And the other issue that this causes is this is really interesting. And what we're really trying to do deep down with hot, cold and and breath work is if you're in fight or flight all the time, and and I, I suffer from this, I wake up, I want to work, I drink coffee. I love, I feel productive. I feel energetic. I'm building my dream, but it means I'm in that always on space. And my emotions actually exist in the off space, in the parasympathetic space. And that's, you know, relaxing to eat, having sex, eye gazing with your partner, cuddling, hugging, like feeling into that space is where we feel love meaning. And so when we're always in the fight or flight, it makes it harder to connect with our emotions. So that's kind of what we're trying to teach people is in five minutes, how do you regulate your nervous system, either pushing the gas when you need to or pushing the brake. And I just mentioned this always, you know, kind of always on system, people are kind of in the middle of those two. And so with breath work, you can either really push the gas or really push the brake. And so that's what I want people to take away from this is like, hey, I can change my emotional state through my breath physiologically. And we, we can dive into that more, but that's the difference between meditation where we're focusing mostly on awareness and the thoughts in the mind, the sensations in the body and breath work where we're creating a physiological change that we can feel. It's fascinating. It's mm. fascinating. Yeah. And I've done both and they are remarkably different. But can you speak a little bit about mouth breathing and why there are some experts out there that promote overnight mouth taping? Yes, absolutely. Uh, and so we have something called, we'll get a bit technical here, but I'll use some analogies to, to make it easy to understand and we can dive in wherever you okay. want. But okay. so there, there's something we have called CO2 tolerance. And this is the amount of CO2 that we can have in our body. And so why is this important? Imagine in your brain, a a thermostat that's measuring the amount of CO2 in the body. And over time, that thermostat adjusts. And and why will it adjust? Well, we're eating more acidic foods. We're not chewing as much. When we eat more acidic foods, it causes us to breathe out more carbon dioxide to readjust our um, pH levels in our body. And so this is like quite common. This actually never existed, uh, you know, hundreds of years ago before our diets changed. Mm. So acidic foods, more stress in the fight or flight, as I mentioned, you know, you look at your phone, your fight or flight's turned on, causes you to hyperventilate, breathe through the top of your chest, through your mouth. It's a stress response. And the more you breathe through your mouth, the more your CO2 tolerance changes. And as you get used to having less CO2 because you're over breathing, this little thermostat in the brain changes and over time our suit tolerance becomes low. Now, why is that important? 
how we breathe, we breathe in oxygen into the lungs. It's picked up in the red blood cells in the lungs. And you can think of these red blood cells as like little boats. And this is a example that James Nestor uh, uses. These little boats are then, you know, sailing through your body, delivering the oxygen cells to your brain, your muscle tissue. This is like how our body gets energy and functions. Now, when there's not enough carbon dioxide, these little boats, you can think of them with doors and the doors won't open. So the CO2 is like the lubricant that allows the oxygen to come from the red blood cells into the tissue and the brain. And so when we don't have enough CO2, it causes problems in our body, um, our body's efficiency to metabolize energy. So huge issue. And so at night, for people that are continuously mouth breathing because of bad habits, you know, diet, stress, uh, there's also just like our mouths have gotten smaller because of we're chewing less, which is, a, is another issue, uh, which is causing making it more difficult to breathe through the nasal cavity because it's putting pressure on the size of the nasal cavity. So all these environmental reasons have caused us to breathe more through our mouth now. And, and then, you know, I just mentioned the problems with breathing through our mouth is, uh, as mentioned, it, it deteriorates our CO2 tolerance, makes it more difficult to get oxygen to the body as needed. And so the whole idea behind mouth taping is at night, when you tape your mouth, you're forced to breathe through your nose. When you're breathing through your nose, you know, you think of that as, as just the area, like, you know, the other nice one is nice analogy is you're breathing through your mouth. It's like a massive driveway. There's so much mm -hmm. space to over breathe. Whereas the nose filters the air. You can think of it as like a humidifier filtering out any toxicants. It also, um, heats, uh, the air to perfect temperature for the lungs, preventing your lungs from getting dry. And so nose breathing is how you want to breathe almost all the time, unless we're specifically trying to boost our energy, as we mentioned before, through this fight or flight style uh, breathing. So that's what mouth tape does, prevents you from mouth breathing, which we always want to uh, ignore, helps boost your CO2 tolerance, helps boost the efficiency of getting oxygen uh, into your tissues. And so they've done tons of studies on mouth breathing and like legitimately in a few minutes of mouth breathing, your focus declines. Like they did mm. some studies on, on fighter pilots and found their focus in a few minutes of mouth breathing significantly declines. The amount of blood flow to the brain declines. So it's it's something that if you find you're getting bad sleep, you're waking up with a dry mouth, you're waking up to go to the bathroom. It's one of the first places to look to make a change. And people are very familiar with diet, exercise, uh, you know, meditation, all this stuff, but uh, sleep, how important that is, but not so much with breathing. And a lot of times breathing may be the root cause of problems you're having with sleep. So if you're waking up, I think mouth tape is an amazing thing to, to try. I love it. And I've actually seen some of the articles on how it changes your oral microbiome and what that does for your health, as well as, you know, affecting your teeth enamel. Yeah, that's fascinating. And I have to say that explains so many things. And there's a lot to unpack with what you just said. But one of my pushbacks when I first heard about this, it was for me. Patty will tell you, <laughs> I was like, I was, I was like, saying, you check this out. I mean, evolutionarily, did we, we have a, a deficiency of tape to, to be able to keep our mouth <laughs> shut? But what you're implying and what you're saying is that the, the modern lifestyle, whether that's the lack of chewing, that's changing our overall our jaw structures, which we know to be the case. Um, and the actual like acidity of our blood and our, our tolerance for CO2. It's the modern day lifestyle that's creating this type of therapeutic intervention, which makes so much more sense when you explain it that way. And it's not necessarily if you're listening, it doesn't mean everybody needs to mouth tape mm -hmm. and you know, you need to go out and get it right now. You need to test your own CO2 tolerance. And, and this isn't 
super, uh, you know, I'm not going to say this works 100% of the time, but it's a pretty good uh, estimate. And so when you wake up, you're going to take a breath in, a breath out, and you're going to hold your breath and with, with your uh, diaphragm empty. And you're going to count, you know, see how long you can hold your breath for before your diaphragm spasms. When it does, it's an indication of, of your CO2 tolerance. And so anything over 20 seconds uh, would indicate you're in a pretty good spot. 40 mm -hmm. seconds is elite. And so if you're in the 10 second range, it's an indication that, hey, you might not, your breathing mechanics may be impaired. And so mouth taping might be for you. So, so not everybody needs it. The other thing you can look at, I wear an aura ring. I'm assuming a lot of your uh, listeners probably do. And so you can look mm -hmm. at your respiration rate. If it's in the 18, 19, 20, you know, it means you're, you're over breathing, especially at night. So it's another case where mouth tape and cardiovascular exercise and some of these like breath retentions, improving your suit tolerance, uh, which I mentioned, uh, might work. And, and for tactical, um, you know, exercises, there's a book called Oxygen Advantage, which kind of picks up where James Nestor's book Breath leaves off. It's a little more technical. There's exercises for actually improving your CO2 tolerance that are quite good. Uh, so that's, that's what I would recommend is, you know, kind of do this test on your own, check your aura ring. And if your respiration rates are low, then you can say like, okay, I'm probably over breathing. How do I correct them? It's fascinating. Got it. Got it. It's fascinating. Um, well, and you did a great job explaining some of the differences when people think about meditation versus breath work, but there is that kind of knee jerk reaction to meditation and, and suggesting it for a lot of our patients as far as like, ah, you know, I've tried it. It's hard. And that sort of thing. How do you describe breath work as maybe being a little bit more accessible or even fun? So the first thing I've noticed with friends who are meditating is, is they don't know how to do it and they sit and, 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 you know, it's kind of like, okay, I'm, I'm watching my thoughts. What does that mean? And, you know, it, for most people, we mentioned this fight or flight, like epidemic. Mm -hmm. And so you all day have been on your phone, you're, you're on your computer, you're overwhelmed, you sit down to think of your thoughts and it's scary. It's like, what, what is happening? I feel, you know, just pressing stop is, is hard. Mm -hmm. And then the other thing is, is, is short feedback is important in today's day and age. People almost need the bazooka because we're so overstimulated. And so in a 10 minute meditation session, you're likely not getting any feedback and it can take months before you're like, oh, wow, I'm, I'm developing. And so what we try to do is say, okay, well, that's interesting. If we can get you to a point where you find that this is valuable, that would be interesting. And so how do we do that? So we use, instead of, you know, hey, focusing on your thoughts, which is quite difficult and new, focus on your breath. And, and that's pretty easy. And it's not just focus on your breath. It's let's make this a bit fun. And so we're using electronic music, hip hop music, really great sounds. So the idea is, you know, everybody likes to listen to music. People are listening to music in the background. You know, so we even have breathwork sessions that are like you're cooking and it's nice acid jazz style music and there's just breathing. And so you just follow the breath while you're cooking. And we're trying to make it as easy and as fun as possible. So the one way is like the breathing sounds in the background, really good produced music and then things you can feel in a 10 minute session and so the first style of breathing we're generally directing people to is this like morning routine up tempo breathing and if you think of like calm and a lot of meditation apps they're all about relaxing breathwork has this kind of secret weapon where it can be about increasing your state right boosting your energy and so that's the first thing we try to get people to feel so up tempo music heavy breathing, breathing sounds in the background that are easy to follow. In 10 minutes, you'll feel it. And what's happening is you're actually, going back to our descriptions before, blowing off so much carbon dioxide that the blood vessels constrict 
And it's more difficult to get oxygen to the brain. And as a result, the thinking mind, the prefrontal cortex, the part of our mind that creates, I'm not good enough. I have all these tasks. I'm worried. I'm not lovable. You know, if, if those, if those thoughts are coming to you all the time and you want to shut those off, we're creating this fight or flight experience, boosting our energy, and then closing off that part of the brain. And as a result, there's often a release and some space as so you can get that in 10 to 20 minutes. And so, you know, in the morning, it's fantastic. Like I'm going to boost my energy, connect with gratitude for the day and create some space from, from any stress and like, bam, I'm ready to go. And so we see a lot of high performers, um, you know, entrepreneurs, people that are busy, people that are a type really love this method versus meditation. So just to kind of sum everything up, it's a combination of like exciting music, easy to follow breathing patterns, and this feeling of energy and inspiration that you get in the body that kind of um, make this a bit different and more accessible. Yeah, I, I can so. attest to that. I actually have done some Arabi sessions here at work. And by the time Michael gets it in the morning, I'm like, whoa, I'm ready to go. I'm ready to it go. It is bumping in your office. <laughs> you need to turn it down. I'm getting worried. It's so, it's so invigorating. <laughs> Six in the morning. I know. But... But let's take this just one step further. So in the midst of the pandemic, you've taken breathwork to a whole different level and you created a community around this online. Tell us about the why of creating a community and how you incorporate this at Othership. Yeah, so we have obviously this, this breathwork app we're launching next week. Uh, my partner's the DJ and so we've scripted, um, you know, amazing kind of affirmations, NLP, self-hypnosis on top of beautiful breathwork and amazing sounds. The idea is to make mindfulness accessible. So prior to that, we were doing and also still continuing uh, ice bath and sauna social spaces. So the one you see behind me, the, the viewers can't see, but it was actually my garage and we rebooted it to make this like healthy community space. And it goes back to me being sober and wanting to have an inspiring space to hang out at night. And so we built in my garage, 2000 person community. And during COVID, we can no longer offer the service. So we started mm -hmm. doing breath work. We were doing physically uh, online and getting thousands of people on Zoom. It was just something we did for free. Mm -hmm. Then people were saying like, oh, can you do one for, you know, COVID for fear? Can you do one for emotional release? I just went through a breakup. I'm struggling. I'm worried about money. And so for every one of these things, we would script something specific, put it to specific music, mm -hmm. and then just kind of put it out for free. And that grew to thousands of people and wow. you know they're asking for wow. recordings and so we made a course platform and then on the course all of a sudden we had hundreds of sessions and people were like oh i can't you know i can't navigate this can you make an app and you know my wife and i and my two best friends never made an app before we're like okay we're just gonna learn how to do this and so we raised some money and we built an app and now the goal is to help people where they're at. And most of our customers are, you know, lawyers and bankers and engineers and sure. people who are kind of skeptical about spirituality. They're like the mainstream person. Mm -hmm. And so it was like, can we help these people become uh, more inspired to work on their mental health? And now we have physical spaces that you come to and you might do a breathwork class in the sauna and the complete darkness with crazy music and this beautiful app. And it's making this stuff fun. And my goal is to kind of make you know, I don't know if you know the clothing brand Supreme, but it's like, it's cool, you know, mm -hmm. it's inspiring. And so nothing in mental health is really like that right now. It's usually like you're an addict or you're depressed yeah. or you're yeah. broken. And right. so how can we right. make mental health fun and inspiring? And so, so that's my goal is to create these peak experiences using, you know, breath and intense heat and intense cold that can help people get, you know, slow their thinking and just kind of relax, get space and in that space grow. And then the community aspect is important because if you're doing this on your own, it's tough. So, you know, you go to therapy, you have to admit 
there's something wrong with you. You're doing it on your own. It's like scary or you're doing meditation. It's at home using common headspace, great apps, but like you're alone. Right. Mm -hmm. And so why aren't people working on their mental health together? And, mm -hmm. and like fitness used to be solo. You go to the gym, you go to, you know, gold's gym or Equinox, whatever. And then all of a sudden soul cycle came along and bam, like these amazing community classes. And that spawned, boutique fitness, right? And, mm -hmm. you know, see Perry's Bootcamp and CrossFit and SoulCycle. And these are like group things that make fitness fun, but there's nothing like that for mental health. Mm -hmm. And so I think breath work and some of these sessions are going to make it cool to go and work on gratitude in a group for like 30 bucks. You know, what does that do? It makes, makes it accessible. It's no longer 200 bucks for a therapy session. So mm -hmm. for many people, this will be the gateway in. And that's why I think community is important because you don't want to grow on your own. You want to grow in a group and you mm. want to find people who are also doing like psychedelic medicines and, you know, Genova testing and biohacking and like, mm -hmm. where is that tribe hanging out? Mm -hmm. right. And it's not at a bar, you know, a bar where you have four bottles of wine and, and then black out like that. That's and listen to super loud music. Like that's something 50 years ago, like social, I'm really, really passionate about this. I'm kind of just going on and on, but <laughs> no, yeah. no, we love it. like, yeah. you know, like sporting events, movies, going to the bar, that stuff hasn't changed in 50 years. We have all these new tools now, you know, why don't we use them to create better social experiences? Mm -hmm. So that's kind of, that's kind of the goal of what we're doing is just using all these things to make improving mental health, inspiring. We wouldn't even call it mental health, you know, we call it like emotional wellness, whatever it is, just make you feel better. Amazing. That's, yeah, that's fascinating. And it leads me to kind of something we've been, you've been alluding to a little bit as well, which is the, you know, the aspect of the type A type person um, coming in and, and making this type of intervention a little bit more accessible to them. And I was just wondering, like, do you find that people of that personality or who are kind of conditioned to be driven in that way, shape or form tend to want to keep pushing the gas pedal? And is it difficult to, for them to take, teach them the importance of also hitting the brake? I just imagine, and like my own experience, I remember this one <laughs> patient, like I tried to get them to slow down and they were so resistant because it was like, no, I've got to do this for my job or, you know, what have you. I think that's where those type of patients you need to hit. There's a, there's a, okay. So you think of wanting to build a new habit, like what is important for you know, majority of people. One is like, is this science backed? Are there reports, research reports indicating that this is like good for longevity, this is good for cortisol levels, it's good for stress. And so we really want to explain to people, just like I did on this call, what breathwork is doing to the nervous system, what it's doing at the cellular level, the same with, with hot and cold. So that, that's one piece for that type of person. Yeah. The second is they need the bazooka. Like they need to feel it in their body that this is doing something. And in a 30 minute breathwork session, you're going to feel that. And when you feel that, that break from the thinking mind, you feel, wow, okay, this is important. The same with the ice bath, the same with the sauna. So they need to feel it in a single session. Right. The third is it needs to be fun and social. And so majority of people are, you know, going to movies, they're going out for dinner and most of, especially the busy person schedule, every moment is planned. They already go to the gym you know, they're eating healthy. It's, it's very difficult to carve out more time for health, but it's pretty easy to break into social time and make social time more healthy. And so if instead of going out for an unhealthy dinner, you're coming out to a bathhouse for a sauna and ice bath class, or you're doing a group breath work. Like we will do breath works at our house. We put on loud music and instead of a bottle of wine, six friends come over, we do it together. We have a group share and it's such, you know, the barriers that break down are so much more powerful than with alcohol. And so I think we use those three things. So it's, you know, 
science, um, the like physical feeling of the experience in a single session, and then the aspect of fun. And all of a sudden we're opening up an entire new way to, to look at mental health. Yeah, that. that makes sense. Well, and with that too, because you mentioned the ice bath uh, a couple times, and you know, people may have heard of this a little bit through, you know, like Wim Hof and his approach to to both bathhouses, ice bath, and uh, temperature extremes. Can you talk a little bit how exposure to different temperatures can benefit us, and and how that complements breath work to a certain extent? Yes, yeah, so I think all of these things create physiological changes in the brain that give you space emotionally, and so. This isn't really talked about for the most part, you see hot and cold uh, from a physical standpoint, from a longevity standpoint. And so there's a longevity researcher, David Sinclair, and in his book, After Fasting, Hot and Cold Therapy is the number one thing you can do for longevity. And we can get into the science there. But we're, we're really excited about is using this as an emotional resilience training tool, which really nobody is talking about. But when you get in the ice bath, it triples the norepinephrine in the brain it's a fight or flight response. And the norepinephrine is responsible for mood, attention, vigilance. So your mind is saying, Hey, I should be aware this could be dangerous. And what that means immediately, any thoughts to do lists, associations, they fade away. Mm-hmm. And so you're in there and you're present for the first time. And I've seen so many people who are so busy get in there and be like, Whoa, I'm not thinking about work. I'm just present. And, and what does that mean? You're, you're in the zone, right? You're in a flow state, which everybody wants to be in. And so then once you're in that flow state, we have people work on reprogramming the subconscious mind. So we have them set an intention. Maybe it's gratitude, maybe it's um, compassion or patience. And in the ice bath, in that state of flow, we'll have them remember a time they felt patient and give evidence to the subconscious that that feeling is available. So what I think is really special about the hot and cold is taking you into a different state where you can start to reprogram the subconscious mind, which is really interesting. And nobody else is really using these um, for like emotional wellness, emotional regulation. And they're very, very powerful because they physiologically, as I mentioned, slow uh, the thinking mind and allow you to kind of change your state, which is super powerful. Uh, it's something that happens with psychedelic medicine use also, but this is just more accessible. It's legal, anyone can do it. And it's really interesting because, you know, you think in the ice bath, you have to surrender, right? Like you're in there those first 30 mm-hmm. seconds, you're, you're hyperventilating, it's tough. You're just thinking like, wow, this is so intense. And what it teaches you to do is through your breathing to control your nervous system and to let go. And why that's important is because when anger comes up, when anxiety comes up, when embarrassment comes up, these aren't things you can train for. You know, you get angry in the day, you're angry, you know, you react Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. in the ice bath. You can train a fight or flight response and train how to surrender in between like that sensation and your reaction. And the more power you build in that space, the more emotional resilience you build. It's improving uh, your white blood cell count significantly, which boosts your immune system. It's boosting your antioxidant systems. Uh, it's uh, boosting the metabolism, your mitochondria, you, you, your fat becomes more metabolically active. So there's just an enormous amount of physical reasons. In the sauna, they did a study on 2000 men over 20 years and found a 50% reduction in heart disease, which is the number one killer in North America for men that sauna three times a week. It's detoxifying, it's going to boost heat shock proteins. There's just like an enormous amount of physical benefit. But mm-hmm. what I find these elements are fantastic for is, is like emotional resilience, emotional wellness training. I have never heard anyone explain that's, that. That's like, cause we hear critical. about the longevity. Yeah. I've never heard anyone use it as like a training for a stress response. I find that amazing. Oh, it's totally fascinating. But yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, like, yeah, so it's, 
Yeah. Yeah. I was just going to say, like, that's not what we started with, right? We had a nice bath in my backyard and I was like, oh, this is cool. And I was pumped about, I did the Wim Hof training. I was pumped about like the longevity aspects. And then people were coming in and we're like, how do we make this easier for people? And so we started using sound bowls and then we started using essential oils. And then we're like, oh, I wonder if we could like, okay, we're getting people into the state. Can we, you know, add some breath work in there? And then like, oh, maybe we could put some visualizations in it. And then we just started, you know, we have, um, <clears throat> a world leading hypnotist and then a few psychotherapists that are sort of part of our community. And they started creating scripts for us mm. to kind of combine therapy based exercises with the hot cold. And, and as we got on, we just experimented more and more. And then we do, you know, six people in a super dark sauna sharing, like bringing up feelings of anger and then feeling them sweat away. So doing emotional yeah. releases using uh, sweat and temperature. And so I didn't just experimenting around these things for change of state is just something that kind of fell in our laps and we think it's going to be going to be huge. I, Thus, do, I yeah. do too. I do too. Absolutely. I mean, <laughs> I'm a parent, right? So naturally I'm like, okay, I need to be doing this like immediately because I have a two year old and I, you know, he just does two year old stuff. And I'm like, I, I'm angry. Well, <laughs> I need to not be so angry at the stuff the two year old does. Well, Robbie's your guy. It sounds like Mike. Totally. I mean, and your, your passion and your knowledge is so obvious here. And like I said, we've done some of your breathwork sessions at Othership and they're fantastic. Um, can we put you on the spot to maybe, Lead us in a quick breathwork session on air to give our listeners a little bit of a taste of what it's like. I don't yeah, know. absolutely. I, oh, thank God. Um, what do you think? Like 10 minutes? Is that a good? Yeah. Sure. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But with, let's mute us, Michael, so we're not just like gasping into the microphone. You don't think the audience wants no. to just hear us breathing no. into the microphones? No, let's just mute okay. us right. and let Robbie do his thing. <laughs> what kind of vibe? So I think a good vibe for today, we had mentioned these like... Um, morning you know increase your yeah energy yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah kind of morning routine so we're gonna we're gonna get into it so if you guys want to close your eyes here and i'm gonna uh start one up how's that sound can you hear it good good yeah great yeah. this is your feel good now electronic edition getting you to that energized state this is the advanced version long holds double holds minimally guided questions on the holds let's go getting ready in three two one and in
that first inhale here we go big breath in exhale hold on empty in this first hold what do you value in your life You know what to do. Three, two, one, and in. those goals and priorities see yourself accomplishing them Here we go. Inhale. 
lungs flow, exhale. Gonna hit you with another big inhale. Ending off with one slow exhale. Getting into our final song. Back at that standard pace. Squeezes, 
Big inhale, all the way in, all the way up. Big exhale, all the way down. Gonna hit you with the double. Big inhale, all the way up. Finish it with that luxurious exhale, all the way down. our electronic feel good now going a little deeper than normal with those inquisitive questions congratulations do that every day asking yourself those questions when you need to figure out what do you value what do you want to prioritize and what do you want to say yes to whoa that is a trip yeah. Wow. Uh, my whole body is vibrating. <laughs> Mine too. Yeah. That is really Whoa. well done. Really, really well Whoa. done. I have to ask, the music, where does the music uh, come from? Is that is that your your own, your group's production, or where did that come from? Not for that specific one. That yeah. one is just uh, one that I'll do live, and it's just music I, I like. Um, so, yeah, from SoundCloud. Wow, nice. Wow. Nice, nice, nice. So great. So Ooh, great. Man. So that's that is a good example <laughs> of I think where what people can expect when they go to your platform and, and things like that. And I assume it's kind of all different types, up gas pedal, brake pedal, all that. Exactly. And then if you extend this, you know, um, gas pedal beyond 20 minutes, you can have full emotional releases that are similar to a psychedelic experience in some ways. And so you have gas and brake, and then, you know, we call it up and down, and then we call it all around, which is a transformational experience where if you're dealing with, you know, grief or stress or shame or guilt or any of these emotions of breakup, you lost your job, you're struggling, and it's just like you're always thinking about that thing you can get space. So we call it shifting emotional states. Yeah. Uh, and that's really beautiful also. So those are the three reasons. And I hope people who tried this at home safely, I maybe should have said like, Hey, if you're driving your car, <laughs> <laughs> we'll so, put a disclaimer. We'll throw in the that show notes. <laughs> but yeah, that, that's kind of up. Right. And, and right. it's really cool. Cause we're combining in these holds, some prompting questions right. and in the state of, of less thinking mind, you can bring to mind, you know, gratitude or di different types of ways to explore your mind. And so that's what I meant by, making mindfulness more uh, accessible. That is a trip. Yeah. That is a trip. It's fascinating. I, I had one last question, I think, because um, I had not heard this sort of accessibility to your emotions and how that's more of a parasympathetic rather than a sympathetic aspect. And it makes me wonder about how, as you said, you know, our environment, our culture, the way it is right now is so uh, stimulatory. I mean, it only makes sense that it down the road it breeds this type of uh, disconnect. From discon your absolutely, yeah. and and this aspect of like people almost having no relationship to their emotions, which has profound destructive effect. Yeah, I think from a you know a global perspective. So I had never thought about that. Yeah, and if you the research on this is is crazy, and that's one of the things we're trying to do is you know make this more well known. But there's a legitimate loneliness epidemic, yeah. and so. You know, in the U.S., 65% of people identify as lonely. Mm -hmm. I think for the first time ever, 25% of people have not even one person to share their feelings with. And that number has tripled and since the advent of the, the smartphone. 
And again, if you're always in, and I find this in my own life when I'm, you know, crushing it and on and personal growth, I'm, I'm doing well and I feel excited and engaged, but it takes away from, you know, my empathy uh, and it definitely does. Right. And so if you're, you, you see like loneliness, disconnection, these are feelings people are talking about a lot and you, as a result have mental health crisis. So how can you in fun ways teach people to regulate their nervous system to then in that space, find more meaning? You know, this is in a lot of ways is what religion would do, right? Mm -hmm. It would provide community, core values, right. service to others. These are all parasympathetic um, nervous system uh, boosters. Right. So, you know, you also think like fasting and restriction reduce stimulation, right? So mm -hmm. it's, it's pretty interesting because religion sort of in some ways hit on techniques that would help you sure. boost your parasympathetic yeah. state. So I wonder if we can do that now without having to um, talk about spirituality because that's pretty loaded. So it's just, hey, here's some scientific practices to change your physiological state to become more parasympathetic where you're gonna find more meaning and more belonging. Amazing. Fascinating, fascinating. Amazing. Well, yeah. well, Robbie, this is amazing information. We're absolutely gonna have the audience wait to look out for the app, the Othership app. Where can they go online to sign up for some of these programs or to work with you currently or even locally? Yeah. So you can find us at othership.us slash app to download our app. You can find us, um, you can find me on Twitter at RobbieBent1. If you DM me and, you know, any questions, I'm happy to chat through. You can find us on Instagram just at othership.app. Um, and then if you're in Toronto, we actually have physical spaces and we're looking to open our first physical space in the U.S. next year and are exploring uh, a number of cities, which we'll leave as a surprise for now. But uh, follow us on Instagram, uh, my website, or uh, DM me directly. So awesome. great. Awesome. So great. Well, before we let you go, we do have one last question Oh yeah, that I'm going to kick to Michael Chapman. This surprise question um, <laughs> sort of has something to do with something, um, but not so much. But I'm wondering, <laughs> uh, favorite song to hit the gas pedal to? Uh, whether that's an EDM type song or a hip hop song, and then favorite song to hit the brake pedal to. Ooh, so the brake pedal, I was on this really cool class called Peoplehood, and it's from the founders of SoulCycle, which are investors in our business also, but they're creating a new physical space around relational fitness. Mm -hmm. And so it's how you show up and, and talk to others where they teach you skills in a group, also using like music and breathwork and stuff like that. And so in the class, they played the song on the new Kanye West album, Donda, called Moon. I think it's called Moon. Mm -hmm. And it's just beautiful. It's just yeah. like this amazing singing. It really got me into the vibe of, you know, I was on the Zoom and I was like, ooh, this like, <laughs> I want to share. I feel yeah. like nice. sharing. So that one nice. is one that came up for break, for gas. Um, Ooh, there, there's one that I that I like to use called uh, Rose's Thorn by Toki Monster. Mm. And it's just like a cool, uh, we use it in a couple's breath work we do where we have uh, two people eye gazing. And so yeah. the other interesting thing, which we never talked about, we're starting to explore is using breath work to tap deeper into emotions uh, with partner. And so we'll have people sit together, do eye gazing and parasympathetic breathing, and then bring to mind you know, a moment that they did something nice for their partner, a moment they felt loved, and then they'll do the style of breathing we just did together while holding hands. And in each hold, I will ask you a question about your relationship. And that's one we use that just, it's got that up 
regulated like vibe, but it's got also a lot of sensuality in it. Mm. So that's oh, a wow. that's a favorite too. So those are wow. those are two tracks to check out. Awesome, Robbie awesome. Bent. We could talk to you all day long. <laughs> uh, yeah, and for we're, sure. We have lists gonna be respectful more of, of your time, but <laughs> yeah. I could have gone. We could have gone four hours. I know. I, think. I know. <laughs> but we're so grateful that you spent time with us. Um, it was a pleasure to meet you. Absolutely. Thanks so much. Uh, really cool. This, this idea to do the sessions live on the podcast. Yeah. I hadn't really thought about that before. So that, that was really exciting uh, cool. to do that. Awesome. Awesome. Well, do you feel invigorated after that? I feel work? amazing. I know. I feel right? like I could run through a brick wall. <laughs> I feel <laughs> like I that. could change an electrical outlet without turning the power off. Wow. I wouldn't recommend that. I wouldn't recommend that either. Do not do that at home. Even you, who's very, very handy, please don't do that. But you see why I was doing these in the morning before you came into work in my office. Yeah, I do. Uh, I couldn't. I could only see you through the window because your door was shut. <laughs> yeah. So I, you did look kind of strange from the parking lot <laughs> looking through the window. But now I understand. But maybe that'll encourage people to go to iTunes and maybe check out Robbie's other ship app. Yes, when you come back to this planet from that breathwork training, right. go and get that app because that's amazing. Next time on The Lab Report, Kristen Holmes. Vice President of Performance Science at a little company you might have heard of called Whoop. Oh, I've heard of Whoop. Big deal. Could use that with the breathwork training. Yeah. Now we're cooking with heat. You've been listening to The Lab Report. If you like what you hear, please subscribe to our podcast, rate us, and leave us a review. To learn more about Genova Diagnostics, visit our website at gdx.net. There you'll find information on specific testing, educational resources, and how to connect with our show. Call us at 1-800-522-4762 or email us at podcast at gdx.net. Talk about probably the most creative Halloween costume I've ever seen, and that's Chris Dwyer, who dressed up as Travis from the Lab Report podcast. Yeah, and he does look like Travis. Yeah. So that helps, <laughs> don't you think? It was the best costume. So smart. I'm like, Barb, you got to step up your game. Next year, she's going to be Joe the neighbor. Who, by the way, still has his Halloween stuff out. <sighs> Joe, Joe, it's middle of November. Right. <laughs>